everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the How to Life podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Jaggett, and this is episode 26. And it is really a good one. There is so much value here. My guest today is Jay Klaus, the creator of Freelancing School, host of the Creative Elements podcast, and founder of Unreal Collective, a community to support and help creators excel in their niche and make money. So that's right. We are going to talk about freelancing today. What is freelancing? Is that even a real way to make money? Probably most of you listening have a skill that can provide great value to others and make you some money doing it. And there are probably a high percentage of people who don't even realize that this is actually a thing. It's possible and it's viable. And now more than any other time in history, it's easier to capitalize on your special talent, no matter what it is. So Jay is about to share so much information to help you start thinking about the possibilities of freelancing. And if it's something you actually have considered, then to get you pointed in the right direction. You're going to love this episode. Hey, good morning, Jay. Thanks so much for joining me in on the How to Life podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Good morning, Laura. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Will you please introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? For sure. Uh, well, you got my name. It's Jay. I uh, am the creator of Freelancing School, which is a platform helping people make a living freelancing through articles, a free community, uh, some advanced courses. That started because I'm a course instructor for LinkedIn Learning and lynda.com. I've done, I think, seven courses for them now, uh, a couple of which are on freelancing. And I'm also a podcaster. Um, my show is called Creative Elements. I talk to high-profile creators like Seth Godin and James Clear and Vanessa Van Edwards and ask them how they made a living from their art and creativity. Now, all those things are you know, content. And along the way, to fund that content up to this point, I've been doing freelance work myself. And you know that really gave me the education to be able to share that and share what I know with other freelancers and aspiring freelancers. Well, would you please tell us exactly what freelancing is and what it means? So freelancing is getting paid directly from the person that you're helping. It's not all that different from traditional employment other than there's no salary that uh, you are given for just being a full-time employee. Freelancing is much more dependent on selling usually discrete projects or discrete outcomes. Sometimes your hours you're getting paid directly by the client or sometimes by someone else who got paid by a client. And uh, you make up you know, your annual income through a portfolio of projects and a portfolio of clients that often you go and find and sell on the value of working with you yourself. We, Jay, can you define what discrete project and discrete income means? Totally, totally. That means a singular, specific project that a client or a person comes to you and says, I want this thing. Can you help me make that real? That could be helping them build a website. It could be designing a logo for them. It could be writing something for them. You can really sell just about any skill that you have to somebody because if they don't have that skill, they have two options. They can either teach themselves and learn that skill themselves, 
or they can hire somebody else who already has the skill to use that on their behalf. And what I didn't know when I was younger, a lot of people will take the latter. A lot of people will take that second option of hiring somebody else with the skill because they would rather spend their time focused on their strengths. And the more successful and more mature a business becomes, they realize time is money and it's often better to hire other people to do the thing that they're not good at so that they can focus their time and their energy into the things that they are best at. I don't think a lot of young people even consider that they have a skill. They think it's something I'm good at or it's fun. I have a daughter who's really good at making Instagram posts and she has somehow turned this little personal skill into a job. People say, hey, can you do that for me? Can you build that website for me? Can you make these posts and market me? Totally. I think young people are actually at a huge advantage they don't realize because so much of the technology that you touch every day is very new and that comes naturally and quickly to young people and older generations, often business owners, they don't even know that the thing exists, let alone how to use it well. And once they realize that it does exist, if they say, oh, this is important for my business, maybe Instagram's a great example, I should be putting more time into social media, they don't necessarily actually want to put their time into it. And even if they did, the outcome is not going to be as good as someone who is already very good at that thing. So it makes a lot more sense for them to hire somebody else to do that. I think social media is a great example. Um, I interviewed somebody who, who um, as a kid, he worked at a pool store and they sold you know things to help you open and close your pool and, and get it ready for pool season. But he just loved that so much that he taught himself everything there is to know pool, about pools, everything there is to know about very obscure, like specific parts of the pool and older adults coming into the shop wanted to talk with him because they realized he knows this better than anyone else here. And he was getting paid gigs, paid projects as a kid because he built up this knowledge that was more deep than the adults around him. And when you're younger, you also have the benefit of more time. You know, you're, you're not worried so much about making sure you're putting food on the table because your parents may be doing that for you. (laughs) So you have all this time that you can invest and put that into learning and getting really, really good at things that are interesting to you. So what are some examples that you can freelance, that you can use to be a a freelancer? There are some core um, pillars here, but let me preface Let me preface this by saying anything, really just about everything is freelanceable, especially in a time when we are learning how to do work very remotely, virtually, apart from one another. Really, any skill that you have is valuable to somebody, and you can probably freelance doing it. Now, if you want to look at some of the major uh, categories of this, design, is a skill that a lot of people pay for, whether that's graphic design, um, whether you're doing illustrations or you're showing somebody how a website should look, how their emails should look, how their app should look. Design is a skill that a lot of people will very happily pay for. Development, whether that's creating a website, creating a mobile app, creating a filter on Instagram. If you know how to 
make things using technology that's available, that's something that a lot of people pay for. Even time generally is kind of freelanceable. If you think about uh, the world of assistance and virtual assistance and um, administrative assistance, executive assistance, a lot of times people just need someone who can help them with their day-to-day and uh, your ability to learn quickly will let you do that. Then you have audio and video editing. A lot of young people watch a lot of YouTube. All of those videos, you know, they have a thumbnail at the beginning of the video. That's a design task that somebody's doing and they might be freelancing to do. They also are often very highly edited, which is a task that somebody might be freelancing and doing. So really, if you, if you want to think about what would I want to do as a freelancer, the best case scenario is something that you're really good at and that you really enjoy. So think about those things. What do you spend your time doing right now just because you have the time and you want to do that? If it's watching YouTube, if it's editing videos, if it's drawing things, if it's writing, all of those are skills that somebody is not as good at as you and very likely may pay you to do it instead. Now, you are a freelancer yourself. Correct. And what do you freelance, Jay? So this has changed over the years. When I started, I was building WordPress websites. And then that transitioned into combining my ability to build websites with my understanding of marketing and how to write good emails. Like I was building full systems for people that would help them capture people's email addresses on their website that I built for them and put them into a series of emails that were written to explain a product or a service, ultimately build a relationship with the person on the other side of that email. And today, because I've had enough success with my own content, podcasting, my courses, uh, my freelance clients tend to be much more specific and uh, difficult to define like I'm helping a client build a community. That is not something that I'm advertising and saying, hey, this is something that I'm doing and you can hire me to do it. That became because, and you'll find this if you freelance for long enough, people begin to know who you are and they get their own understanding of your strengths. And people will recognize you have a strength that they want to bring into their world And they might propose to you paid projects that you weren't even anticipating. And you can decide if you want to do that or not. So I've been doing a lot of projects like that that just were born out of, hey, Jay, I see that you built this for yourself and I want you to build that for me. Can you do that? And a lot of times I'll say, yeah. And those projects tend to be more challenging, more fulfilling. They also tend to pay better than some of the things that are kind of plug and play. Honestly, Building your own projects puts this really strong signal out into the world of what you're good at. And people will see your projects and say, I want that too. Have you always been a freelancer or did you have another path that led you into freelancing? No. So I'll go all the way back to um, when I went to college, actually. My parents, my entire family are uh, educators. They're high school teachers for the most part, some of them uh, middle school. And when I went to college, I thought, I don't know what I want to do, but I don't want to do what my entire family does. I don't want to teach. But I found the entrepreneurship organization at Ohio State. 
and was just blown away. Like it broke my worldview. It broke the way that I understood my own options as a person. Because there are people my age who are saying, I'm actually not going to go the traditional path of getting a degree, getting a job. Instead, I'm going to start building my own things and try to make money that way. And they were successful. They were doing it. And I just didn't even know that was an option for me. And it took me several years after that to even realize that freelancing is its own spin on entrepreneurship. I got infatuated with the idea of the startup life. And so I went really hard into that for three years in college. My senior year, I was leading that entrepreneurship organization as the president of the club and telling myself that I needed to get a job in consulting because that's what my peers were trying to do. That's what I was being shown as the model for success after graduation. And I applied and I got interviews with some like really great firms. But those really great firms do multiple rounds of interviews and I didn't make it all the way through. All the while, my friends, my family, everyone who knew me said, what are you doing? Like you are the startup person. You care about entrepreneurship and you're going to go get a job as a consultant. Why are you doing that? And I just kept saying like, wow, this is, this is the good. This is what I should do. This is what's going to be good for my career. And because I didn't do well enough in those interviews and I didn't have the option, I instead took a co-founding role with a startup company, which was exactly what people were telling me I should have been doing in the first place. And so before I was freelancing, I was really in the startup world. We uh, built that company for a couple of years. We sold it. And then I took a job at another startup, did that for a year before leaving to freelance. Now, you said that you built websites. Is that one of the first things you did? How did you learn to do that? Okay, and this is a really great way to learn any skill, really. It's you want the thing and you don't know how to get it without doing it yourself. So for a long time, my own personal website was on Squarespace because Squarespace is a very easy to use tool. It's awesome. If you don't have a lot of experience with any other software, Squarespace is going to make it really easy for you to have a website off the ground that looks good. I got to a point where I felt limited by what my website could do both from a functionality standpoint, like the things that it could actually let me do using the tool, and from the standpoint of design. I wanted to change the way things looked, but Squarespace was a little bit restricting. And so I looked around at other people who had websites like I wanted and figured out how they built it, both the tool and how they actually did it. And so it was years of me figuring it out myself And then there were other people that were just like me, but a year behind who were looking at my stuff and saying, how did you do that? Can you do that for me sometimes? And so I just basically copy paste what I learned to do for myself and did it for other people. How old were you when you did that? Was that one of the first things that you did as a freelancer? Yeah, that actually, that wasn't that long ago. That was four years ago that I was doing some of that. And maybe I did a little bit. I think I did... um, I did some Squarespace website projects when I was in college for other people, which talk about an easy gig. There are people who either are not interested or not confident enough to build their own website in Squarespace. And you can get paid to build people's websites on a tool that is very easy to use. Like that, that exists. And I did that in college. Let me ask you a few questions about getting paid as a freelancer. You're getting paid directly from the person that hired you. 
how do you make this a business? Is this something that you record as income on your taxes? Yeah. So, you know, the traditional model, when you have a full-time job, you are what is called a W-2 employee. Mm -hmm. And the employer will give you regular payments, usually direct deposit or a check every two weeks or sometimes every week, sometimes every month. And they will do things like withhold taxes on your behalf so that you're only getting paid what you can ultimately use. And at tax time, they've withheld a lot of that and usually get a refund because they've held more than they needed. As a freelancer, you're not a W-2 employee. The people who pay you are uh, paying you as a contractor. Basically, you're coming in to do a project or a service, and that's their only relationship to you. They will pay you for that project or service, and it's up to you to do the same withholding of taxes, but it's on you to really run everything about the business. That means that you'll probably want to have a legal entity that calls you a business as opposed to an individual. You don't have to do that. Technically, you can be paid as a contractor and be what is called a sole proprietor, and that's okay. You can have the funds that you're being paid from other business owners, from your clients that can go directly into your personal bank account. And at tax time, you can make that work. The benefit of getting a legal structure in place is that you have some protection. If something did happen and a client was upset and they wanted to take legal action against you, your personal assets, like your money, your personal money, your car, your anything that you own, that is at risk when you're a sole proprietor because there is no other thing for that client to take action against. When you are operating as a business, they will pay your business and that has some separation from you as a person. You're protected. I recommend doing that. And the the easiest way to do that is to get a limited liability corporation, an LLC. Very cheap to do. You can do it online in just about every state. That gives you some protection. It also helps you open up a dedicated business bank account so that you can keep your finances separated. It makes things just a lot simpler it's safer. And anyone that's really considering taking some client work, I recommend they do that, even if it's part-time. I'll do another interview on the legal aspect of this. But I think the key that I wanted to hit home here is that if you're a freelancer, consider this your business. This, This is your business. It's not babysitting money. So you want to structure it as such. Yeah. What are the pros of freelancing? At some point when you're, you're growing up and you, you have your first job or jobs, you're going to run into a boss that you don't like. It's kind of the reality of working. Um, you're going to eventually have someone that even coworkers that you don't like. Freelancing really puts you in complete control of your time. It puts you in control of who you choose to work with how much you are paid because ultimately you are telling the client, here's how much money you have to pay me for me to do this thing. It just gives you a whole lot of control over your day-to-day, who you're working with, what type of work you're doing. That is the biggest thing. And a lot of people are drawn to freelancing because along with that control, you can use that control to say, I only want to work this number of hours. If you wanted to make enough money to survive and only work 
20 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week, freelancing can let you do that if you're charging enough money. And that's attractive to a lot of creative people because then the rest of that time during the week, you can use on your own projects. You can do it on your, you can use it on your YouTube channel. You can build your own websites. You can teach yourself different things. You can travel. You can, you know, do whatever you want with your time. Freelancing gives you that ability because you don't have to be in some specific office at some specific time with some specific dress code. Like often you can freelance from anywhere in the world as long as you are communicating with your clients and uh, meeting the expectations that they have for you. So I know a person who had jobs, like she was used to being an employee. And then when she discovered that people wanted this skill set that she had, it was a little bit of a mind shift for her in transitioning from employee to employer. And I said to her, and, and these words hit home for her, and maybe they'll hit home for somebody who's listening, is that you're not being hired by this person. They're your client. They're coming to you. And just framing it that way for her made a huge difference. She all of a sudden felt like she was in control and not the uh, hired hand to do the work. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's people come to you because they're saying, I recognize that you are better than me at this. And so it's on you then to make a lot of decisions about that project. A lot of, a lot of other creatives, they'll spend some period of time working maybe at a creative agency and early on in your career, you don't get to make a lot of decisions. You know, you're kind of told, here's what we need to do. Here's why we're doing it. We just need you to do X. And they kind of plug you in, throw you at the problem, but the, the outcome has already been defined. When you're freelancing and when you're working with clients, you get to make a lot of those decisions yourself, for yourself, for them. It gives you a lot more control and it's a lot more fun. And yeah, like you're saying, ultimately, they're coming to you, but you are the one that you need to make happy at the end of the day along with the client. What are some of the cons of freelancing? When you're freelancing and you're getting paid for the projects that you sell, it's on you ultimately to sell those projects. There's no one out there who is saying, hey, do you want to work with Jay? And then paying you. Like you have to go and build those relationships. You have to convince people that you are the right person for the job. You have to do that. And you have to do everything that comes along with that. That means invoicing them, saying, hey, I did the project. You need to pay me now. That means doing your own taxes. That means managing multiple clients because often when you're freelancing, you need to work with multiple clients to earn enough to have a comfortable living. So you have to get really good at understanding how to run a business. It's not enough to just be good at the skill. That's how you can start. And that's why you start because you're really good at the skill. But then you need to build a second skill, which is being a business owner and operating yourself and your freelance business as a business. Otherwise, it will not reward you with the money and time that you want when you start freelancing in the first place. It's, it's all very learnable. And if you're sitting there saying, I'm interested in freelancing, but I don't know anything about business. I don't know how to make this work. The first task I would recommend you do, the first exercise I recommend you do is get a simple budget in place. And that starts by 
looking at what expenses do I have every month that I'm going to need to pay? If you want to freelance full-time, you really need to know this number because that is your baseline of how much money you need to make every month to continue doing this. And it's not just the expenses because on top of that, you'll have taxes. So start with your expenses, figure out every month, this is about how much I'm spending. Realize that 30% of your income goes to taxes. And as long as you are billing your clients and have enough client work that covers that total, you can figure out everything else from there because you've bought yourself the time and space to solve problems because you've solved the most important problem, earning enough money to keep doing it. And when it comes to getting clients, when somebody hires somebody else to do work, it's because they have a skill that they need, but ultimately it's three things. They know who you are, they like you, and they trust you to do the job they need you to do. If you're going to convince anyone to hire you, they need to know, like, and trust you before they ultimately say, okay, here's a project we're doing together. All client relationships actually start with a relationship. It starts with knowing the person, introducing yourself so they know who you are, they have some level of likability, and then you can start to talk about, here's the work that I do, here's the work I've done for clients, this is why you should trust me. But don't get too in your head about, ah, I don't want to be super salesy. I don't want to sell people on things. That sounds hard. That sounds difficult. That sounds like not me. I don't do much quote unquote selling anymore these days at all because I've built enough relationships with people who know me, who like me, who trust me that they will come to me and ask about doing some work together. And you have to work your way there, but most freelancers operate on word of mouth. Someone else has been referred to them by someone else who knows, likes, and trusts you. That could, that could be your mom. It could be your dad. They could say, hey, you need a website? My son does that. And they transfer that trust that the client has with them to you. But it all starts with relationships. So mm-hmm. start by you know being a likable person that does good work. And over time, that compounds. Because usually, if you do a good job on the first one, they're going to be talking to their friends and they're going to say, hey, who, who built your website? Who did your logo? Who did this? And they'll say, oh, this, this really great person. They're a freelancer. I'd be happy to connect you. Where do freelancers go for support? If you are a freelancer, you might feel I'm alone in this world. How can, how can I learn more? Who else knows what I'm going through? How do you solve that problem? Community. It's really important to find other freelancers who are you know, facing the same struggles as you. And if you, if you do logos, if you do design, it's good to work with or talk with other designers who are doing logos. It's also good to talk with people who are doing different skills because ultimately you're all marketing yourselves. You're selling client projects. You're all invoicing. You're all sending proposals. Like there's a lot of commonalities. Now you have a community called the yes. Unreal Collective. Tell us about Unreal Collective. I started the Unreal Collective uh, almost four years ago as a way to support my friends and other business owners who uh, didn't have close friends doing similar things. When, you, when you're surrounded by other people who are you know, facing the same challenges and share the same goals that you do, it's much easier 
to meet your goals faster because you're learning from one another, you're pushing one another, you're relating to one another. And so the people who are in the collective are creatives who are trying to make money from the things that they make. And what kind of things can you discuss in this community? Really anything. And this, this is why community is so important and close to me. When you meet other people that are similar to you, that you really enjoy talking with, community serves as this way of connecting people together that creates relationships that go beyond the original purpose of joining the community. So really anything is on the table if that person feels comfortable sharing with the other person they're sharing with. Because I wanted to help people to do this, I created a community at freelancing.school. There I help other freelancers uh, ask questions to one another, answer each other's questions, learn how to build a better freelance business. And that's totally free. Um, just a way to connect people to one another to get their questions answered when suddenly they're faced with one of these problems and they say, I need to find a solution. Tell me more about freelancing school. Freelancing school started as uh, a set of courses that help people to learn the business side of things because ultimately I'm not going to help people become a better designer or help them become a better writer or a better developer my skill set that I wanted to help people learn is this business side of things that most people don't have a lot of experience with. It's setting up that legal entity. It's figuring out how to put a budget in place. It's figuring out how to communicate with clients. It's figuring out how to market yourself and be confident in marketing yourself and ultimately how to sell projects. So I started freelancing school with those three courses, business for freelancers, selling for freelancers, marketing for freelancers. And since then, I've put a lot of attention into creating free content. That's articles, that's um, the community and supporting the community. And uh, even my podcast in a way is is a resource, another free resource for freelancers. But that platform is going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to create more and more free resources because I want to help as many people as possible. And if you do, you know, ultimately decide, I actually just want to do a deep dive on how to set up and grow my freelance business, then the courses are there. They're very, uh, very well written so you can kind of go through the curriculum and learn it as quickly as possible. If you're a freelancer, if you're thinking about being a freelancer and you need some great information and some guidance, I think Jay Klaus is your man. Jay, how can people find you? You can visit Freelancing School at freelancing.school or you can find me online or on social media at Jay Klaus. If you like podcasts, which you do because you're listening to me right now, search for creative elements in your podcast player. Uh, I think you'll like that show. I put a lot of work into it. And honestly, the best part about that show is every interview that I do, I'm learning. Like it's making me a better creator. And so if, if it's helping me, I know it'll help you. Sound advice and motivating advice. Jay, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with everyone. It was a motivating sure. and encouraging podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. There it is. Jay has it all covered. The business aspect, the marketing aspect, and the selling aspect of freelancing. No more wondering or searching for what you need. You can do it. That thing you do that you're really good at and it's really fun for you can actually make you some income. I really encourage you to get started. 
go for it. Check out all of the resources that Jay offers for freelancers. All of his contact information will be in the show notes, which you can find at howtolife.com slash 026. I want to hear from you about this topic. What have been your successes and what have been your obstacles? And if you have had success after listening to this podcast or visiting Jay's site, his courses, or listening to his podcast, let me know. Send an email to drlj at howtolife.com. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you got some value from this show, please leave a review or give it five stars in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. I am very grateful to all of you who have left five-star ratings and especially those who have written a nice review. It's been incredibly helpful in the fact that this show gets more and more downloads every week. I am just humbled by that. Thank you so very much. Please join me again next time. And before you go, consider subscribing to this podcast to make sure that you don't miss the next episode. Take care, everyone. Let's keep the good vibes going for the rest of the week. Celebrate your wins, all of them, no matter how small, and let that good feeling momentum fuel you. Let's go. You got this. <laughs>